What's up, everyone? This is the Millspec Believer Podcast, Episode 1. I'm Ryan McCary. I'm stoked you guys are here, and I'm stoked to dive into what this podcast is and what I want it to be. And hopefully when I'm done speaking and going over that, then you're motivated about it too. And uh, yeah, so let's get into it. Millspec Believer. So first half of that being Millspec, if you're associated to the military or uh, you deal with tactical equipment, then you're familiar with the term. If you're not, Mil-spec refers to a piece of equipment that is meeting military standards, meaning when it hits uh, certain environments and certain conditions, it's still going to perform. It's not going to die out after it takes a beat down. It's going to keep on performing. Whereas uh, the believer portion of the name refers to me being a believer in Jesus Christ. He is my Lord and Savior. He is why I exist. I exist to glorify him. And I have a background in the military, so hence mil-spec believer. Up front, I'll just go ahead and put this out there. The name of this podcast itself is somewhat of an oxymoron or, or the opposite of how I view myself. I am not a mil-spec believer. I have not met the standards of doing exactly what's expected of me as a believer I have made wrong decisions. I have messed up a lot. There's regrets there, and there's grace there, right? Like God's given me grace for those things, and and I'm thankful to come on this podcast and share some things that I wish I would have done better, some things that I've learned, and I'm always learning. I'm always, always trying to grow, and I'm always trying to, to not keep that information to myself. If you're in the military, then you understand that people make mistakes. You understand that things happen and war, things happen all the time, and you debrief it. You you talk through what went wrong, what could happen better next time, and everyone walks away from that feeling a lot better and that they're going to handle that situation way better the next time it comes around. So what am I doing with this podcast? Dude, I am sharing my crap with you guys. I am trying to be vulnerable with you guys and let you guys know, hey, look, I've messed up. I've, I've done a lot of things not the right way, and I am beyond thankful for the grace that God has given me for those things and, and for every minute of every day he gives me grace, and I'm thankful for that. But I, I want to share some stuff with you guys, and hopefully you're encouraged one, uh, that you're not the only believer in the military. And two, that if you've made similar mistakes, there's grace for that. Jesus Christ did not die on the cross for people who have their lives together. He did not die on the cross for people who are perfect. Jesus came to save those who could not save themselves. And up front, I cannot save myself. I will fail and I will sin and I will continually mess up unless Jesus Christ is working on my heart and unless Jesus Christ is mediating between me and God the Father. So I want to get that out there up front. I'm excited for this podcast and I'm excited to be an encouragement, hopefully, to those who listen to it. 
If you aren't in the military yet, if you don't have a lot of life experience yet, and you haven't made too many mistakes, then hopefully this podcast can save you from doing some of the uh, stupid stuff that I've done or from doing uh, some things that you would ultimately regret. Either way, I'm excited you guys are here. If you're not in the military, please stay. Please listen. Like I swear this is going to be super relevant, even if you're in a civilian environment. The stories I'm sharing, the the my background's military, so obviously things are going to somewhat revolve around that since that's been my environment. But at the end of the day, we're all doing the same thing. We're all around people, which means everything's messy. So it doesn't matter if you're in the military or if you're a civilian. So please keep listening. Excited you guys are here. And with that, I'll just kind of go into a little bit of my background. Growing up, I moved around a ton. I was at a different middle school and different high school every single year. My dad was in full-time ministry, and so basically we just had to move around a lot. We didn't have a ton of money, and my parents got into something called house-sitting, so these expensive homes that weren't able to be sold in the housing market. We would move in, make them look nice with our furniture, and try to sell them for these people. And because of that, we moved around a ton. We got to stay in these awesome houses, which was cool for free. But at the end of the day, when the house sold, we had 30 days to leave the house. So rough life. We, we moved around a lot. We moved way too many times. And most of it, we stayed in Texas uh, in the Dallas area. And my senior year, my parents were like, Ryan, we're sorry. We know you have friends at this school, but we are moving to Florida. Wrecked my world, guys. Like, I mean, I'm a senior in high school. I'm playing high school football. I think I have a shot at playing college ball. And my parents tell me we're moving to Florida. And I wasn't too happy about it. <sighs> parents sold the house. We moved. Um, and... We moved to Jacksonville, so that's actually where I was born before we moved to Texas, and we just moved back, so wasn't stoked about it, but I finished out high school and was trying to figure out what I was going to do with my life. Uh, football was always in my goals to go play college ball, but I wasn't at a very good high school football school in Florida. And so we didn't have much recruitment and it didn't work out. So what do you do? Well, I went to UCF and decided to do ROTC there. So my dad has a background in the military. He flew Harriers in the Marine Corps. And then shortly after that, he went into the FBI, did SWAT team. And the only reason I tell you guys that is that was just kind of my upbringing in and having a really cool dad, and and I loved hearing his stories. I loved uh, just kind of what he was instilling in me, and and that really kind of ended up being my go-to when football didn't work out. I was like, well, I, I want to go do a cool job. I wanna I want to go not be behind a desk. So I guess I'm gonna get in the military. So I did ROTC and decided to try to go the officer route. 
originally I wanted to go in the Marine Corps like my dad and, and my mom grabbed a hold of me and was like, Ryan, do not go in the Marine Corps for the sake of your future wife, get into the Air Force because their housing is better, amenities are nicer, and your wife will thank you. All defects are not created equal. All bases are not created equal. And if you're not in the Air Force, you know exactly what I'm talking about. And if you're in the Air Force, you know exactly what I'm talking about. So my mom wasn't crazy. She's a smart lady. Love her to death. And she she helped me out. So that's what I did. I did Air Force ROTC. I found some dudes there in the program who all wanted to go on that battlefield airman path, which is what they're calling it at the time. So any of the Air Force careers that were actually in combat and, and doing stuff on the ground. So at the time, that was uh, CCTs or uh, Special Tactics Officer, STO. Uh, you had PJs with Combat Rescue Officers, and you had TACPs with ALOs. And so those were the, the three Battlefield Airman career fields at the time that I was looking at. I trained with those guys. They were like-minded individuals. They, they wanted to get after it. We, we did our ROTC training, but we got together way more than everyone else did and, and trained. We, we did two days. We, we pushed each other mentally, physically, and we're just preparing for whatever selection, whatever uh, the pipelines could throw at us. I also got involved with a ministry when I was in college called RUF. And RUF stands for Reform University Fellowship. Awesome group of people. That, that was really where my faith uh, in the Lord grew. And, and I was a lot more understanding and, and knew what the gospel was. I knew it had nothing to do with me, and it was all Christ. And RUF really kind of set my foundation for uh, moving forward in my Christian walk. And... I got torn. I didn't know what I wanted to do with my life. I didn't know if I wanted to go do this cool job in the military or if, or if I wanted to go serve and uh, be in full-time ministry when I graduated. I really got torn, didn't know where the Lord was leading me. Uh, many late nights staying up, talking to friends, talking to my family, and, and just trying to figure out, like, where is God calling me? Like, what am I supposed to be doing? Anyways, I, I ended up kind of falling back to the Battlefield Airmen path, and uh, yeah, I, I think I'm thankful for that struggle of, of what what career did I want to take, ministry or military, because that really kind of set the tone that I'm not just going into the military to do a cool job. I'm not just trying to go live my best life now. Like I am getting in the military as a ministry opportunity. Is it a cool job? Heck yeah. Am I going to have fun? Heck yeah. But I'm getting in there to serve the Lord. I'm getting into the military to be a servant leader and to try and point people to Jesus. So I had my head on straight. Like that's like God was doing a lot of work in my heart and that's, that's what I was ready to do with my life. So kept training with those guys, kept getting ready for selection and everything. Cause selection when you're in college, uh, when you're in ROTC, you go as a cadet, like you go to the selection before you graduate. So I went my junior year to the selection, and I finished the selection week, and I did not get picked up, and it, it wrecked me. I was just 
on one hand, it motivated me because like I understood way more about the job after the selection. But on the other hand, I just I kind of lost motivation and didn't really know what I was doing with my life again. Um, when you put your body through that type of event, it's it's tough to want to make yourself do it again. And I just, I didn't know what I wanted to do with my life. I started exploring some other Air Force careers just to see if there was another job I wanted to do. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. It was a tough year, my junior year, trying to trying to reconcile that and trying to figure out what I wanted to do. Lots of prayer went into that. Thought about just going back into full-time ministry again. Maybe this uh, military thing isn't for me. But, you know, I I kept being reminded that when when I didn't get picked up, they looked me in the eyes and they said, look, we want you to be a part of this career field. You you did great. We just need to see a little more. So come back, come crush it, and... And so you can join this career field. We wouldn't be inviting you back if if we didn't want you to be here. Because, I mean, it's true. Like, there was guys that finished the week and they said, see ya, like, don't come back. And so that helped me out a little bit. That gave me some motivation. And, and honestly, like, the cadre who ran that selection, dude, like, they sold it for me. Like, there was no information on the Internet about what being a battlefield airman was all about like zero information compared to what they have now. And so actually going to the selection, seeing dudes who who did the job and who were currently doing the job and hearing their stories and everything, it was so motivating. So I didn't get picked up, like I said. After lots of prayer and figuring everything out, I, I convinced myself that, that I, I wanted to keep pressing and, and go back. So... Before that happened, I ended up marrying my wife. So me and Schaefer um, had been married six years now, but at the time we had been married a few months and I decided to go back. So I went to selection again. It was over at Moody Air Force Base. And like, honestly speaking, like I crushed it. Like it went really well. Um, I definitely think I was um, way more squared away than I was the previous year. And I was able to... I was able to actually go and and do what they asked me to do. I got picked up. It was like one of the best feelings. Um, Definitely up there. Not my the best feeling in the entire world because I was watching my wife walk down the aisle. But it was I'll I'll say second best feeling was sitting there in front of the cadre and them telling me that that I got picked up and that I was going to be a TACP officer. So. That was awesome to go back there again and, and crush it. And, and God, God works all things for a reason. There's nothing that happens that he's not in control of, and there's nothing that happens that uh, he's not using for your sanctification. If you don't know what the word sanctification means, it's just a theological word that means God doing a work in your heart and growing you and bringing you closer to him. So if I say that, that's what I'm saying. So I finished the selection. I got I got selected. I'm stoked. And I end up finding out that the cadre that was yelling at me, cursing at me, and 
and literally just like making my life awful for that entire selection, I find out that he is a believer and that he loves the Lord. And it's really funny. He ended up becoming a good friend and and someone that I was able to really connect with as far as uh, just on a spiritual level within the military. So that was really cool. And, And I do, I like, I do know there's other reasons that God made me go through that again. But I'm so thankful just that I had to do it again, even if it's just meeting that guy and meeting one other dude who was at the selection with me who was a strong believer in the Lord, too. So really cool experience going through it again and walking away with two friends that are all TACP officers and are believers. Like that was just really cool for me and really awesome just to see God interweave that. So I finished the selection. My wife picks me up from the airport. She obviously celebrates with me and then looks me in the eye and tells me she's pregnant. And wow, I was not expecting that. I I was beyond joyful and I was stoked and excited because I always wanted to get married and I always wanted to be a dad. And, and I was really excited that this was happening. But obviously the timing is like, whoa, uh, we're in college. We have no money, and we are about to get into the military. And when I say we, I mean me, but obviously that includes her as far as having to deal with the consequences of me being gone all the time. So anyways, that was that was pretty wild, and so she was pregnant. Uh, a few months later, she got too sick to work, and so here we are in college, I'm working at Chick-fil-A and making a little bit of money from being an ROTC. We have no money. (laughs) Like, what are we doing with our lives? Um, I didn't have the money to provide, like, for for her appointments because she's so sick and everything. And then the military tells me, hey, we know you graduate in May, and we know you thought you were going directly into the military, but we actually have a year before we are going to send you. So even though you graduate in May 2015, in May 2016, you're going to enter the military. So thanks for the four years you've been doing. Thanks for going to that selection. And I know you thought you were going to be a TACP officer when you graduated, but you actually are going to have to wait an additional year. And so, yeah, that was wild. I, I like that was a lot to process. I think me and my wife both cried and didn't really know what we were going to do. So it seems like there's a lot of those moments in college. But I started cleaning pools in the summer, making a little bit more money than I currently was doing. Uh, We ended up sending a hardship letter to the Air Force and was like, hey, guys, like, we're dying. Like, you got to let us into the military. Like, we we had job security. We thought we were going to enter the military. Like, you got to send us, like, please help us. My wife's pregnant. She's sick. She's having a tough pregnancy. She can't work. Like, so we sent in the hardship letter. It got approved, and they gave us a call, and they're like, hey, you're starting in August. So, wow, what a blessing. So we, we ended up at Fort Stewart at our first duty station, and so we moved to Fort Stewart, and, and the way it worked at the time for TACP officers is you went to your duty station, so you PCS there, your family moved there, and then you yourself, as the military member, would go to the training pipeline in Texas. At the time, it was five to six months long, 
that you're there in Texas by yourself. And that was, that was rough. Like the training itself was really difficult, but being away from Schaefer, being away from a newborn baby and just trying to be a dad, trying to be a husband through FaceTime while you're going through this pipeline was, it was miserable. It it was tough. And uh, it was miserable for me because I I was failing tremendously at trying to be a good dad and husband through FaceTime. And it was miserable for Schaefer because she's being a single mom and in a place that we just moved, we don't have friends. And yeah, it's just not fun for anyone. The pipeline itself was a blast. I, I had a lot of fun. I made a lot of lifelong friends uh, doing the, the training to be a TACP officer. And I'm sure I'll dig more into my time there when uh, we get into some future podcasts. Uh, but lots of good memories there. Uh, but I'd say it was just, it was one of the hardest times in me and Schaefer's lives being married, having a newborn and being apart from each other. That was, that was really tough. And, and something that I think like we're still facing the consequences of today and we're still working through, uh, some things as a family, just that are a result of, of that event in our lives. I finished the pipeline. I, I went back to Fort Stewart and now I was a, I was a real boy. It's really funny how the dynamic works because you're at the schoolhouse, you're there for five to six months, and when you get there, you're at the bottom of the totem pole. And when you leave there, like you run that place, like everyone looks at you like you're Superman because you graduated, and then you show up to your unit, and it starts all over again. And anyone in, in like a special warfare or operation community knows that that's how it works. You haven't done anything yet. You haven't deployed. Everyone in the unit you just showed up at has done those things. And they've done it well. And they've earned countless awards and insane commendations for the crazy things that they've done for the Air Force, right? So very intimidating. And some dudes show up to the units thinking that they're still awesome and they get put in their place real quick. Some dudes show up humble. I, I tried to be humble. I showed up as humble as I could be trying to learn, trying to get better. And like you just got to go into it knowing that, that these dudes know what they're talking about and that they're going to try to make you better. Made it to Fort Stewart. And if I'm being completely real, I, I had some opportunities when I was at the schoolhouse to be bold in my faith. And, and I took those opportunities, I was encouraged, and that was awesome, and I was excited. But when I got to Fort Stewart and I finished my four years there, because I was there for four years, like there's definitely people in that squadron that to this day have no idea that I'm a believer in Christ. And like sharing that with you guys on here, like I, I am ashamed. Like that, like... <laughs> Like, wow, you know? And so when I left Fort Stewart, like I did, that's what I mean when I said to not do it right. Like my goals when I was in college, I didn't, I didn't follow through on those. Yeah, I was, I was a TACP officer and and I got really good at my job and I was really excited about the job, 
but what about Christ? What about being a believer? What about honoring and glorifying God? Like, I wasn't doing that there. I, I would come home from work and be a Christian leader at home or at least try to be with my wife and with my kids. And I failed at that too, obviously, like any any parent or husband does. But I, I totally just dropped the ball, if you will, at work. I, I think when I initially went into it, I like you could tell the people in the unit that had respect, the people in the unit that people listened to were the people who were really good at their job. Um, if you don't know what attack P is, your job is, uh, your primary job is to, to be a JTAC, which is joint terminal attack controller. And that qualification gives you the ability to call in airstrikes and to, uh, grant weapon release authority to pilots. So you're giving the pilot coordinates, he's dropping bombs, and there's a whole lot more to it than what I just said. Uh, as far as uh, advising and assisting whoever you're supporting. But at the end of the day, it's an awesome job. And it's there. there's parts of it that are pretty easy to grasp, but it gets pretty complicated pretty quick. And you can tell who gets the respect are the dudes who have done it and who are good, right? So initially when you show up at the squadron, you, you can tell who, who does everyone listen to. And, and as a believer going into the squadron, I, I can see who everyone's gravitating towards. And, and my initial thought is I want to be like those guys so that I have a leg to stand on so that they'll actually listen to the words I'm saying. Right. So I want to be a good TACP officer, but I gotta, I gotta get there before I can basically start sharing Christ. That was my mindset. Looking back at it now, it is 1 million percent flawed. But that's where I was at, and and so what did I do? I, I got I got good at the job, or at least tried to, and I surrounded myself with people at the unit who were really good at the job and who can mentor me, get some of the enlisted JTACs who were way smarter than I was to to mentor me and and make me a better TACP officer. So that's what I did for four years, and and like honestly, like I love the job, but wow, like I sucked as a Christian. And that's my main job. Like that's that's what I'm on this earth to do. Is the job of being a JTAC amazing? It's the best job in the Air Force, hands down. Like I love it. But wow, like I totally, totally miss the mark on on what I'm called to as a believer. And so I, I'd say that's the biggest thing that's motivated me to do this podcast is is my failure those four years. I'm not here trying to make up for that and getting God's good graces by doing this podcast to to make up for my mistakes. That's not how God works. God doesn't look at you and look at your every decision and say, "Oh, he's he's doing really good today. Let me let me give him all this stuff since he's he's doing good." Or, "Wow, Ryan, that was a bad decision. You're you're going to have a really hard time." with these life circumstances now, like that's not how God works. And I've had times in my life where I've, I've fallen into that and I've looked at God that way, but that's not how God works. And, and God is a God of grace. And because of the work of Christ, God looks at me like I am righteous. I am righteous in his eyes 
because of the work that he has done in my life through Christ. And so I'm doing this podcast because I know I have grace and I'm doing this podcast because I want to I want to spread that news to you guys. I want you I want you to be encouraged and as you make mistakes because we're all sinners, we're all going to make mistakes. I want you all to to not hate yourself and I want you all to to dive into the gospel and be encouraged. Because the only thing that's going to empower us as believers in the military to go be bold and to go do the work that God has called us to, it's not giving yourself a pep talk by any means. That's not going to do anything. The only thing that's going to empower us is diving into the gospel daily and, and loving the gospel. And the only person who can do that work in our heart is God. So be in prayer. Be in prayer that that you would love the gospel and that God would uh, do works in your heart to make you bold in your squadron because he's the one who's going to have to do that work. And I'm just here doing this podcast to hopefully encourage you and be a part of that work. So like I said, Fort Stewart was a bust in my eyes. I messed up a lot. Um, And me and Schaefer decided that after the four years, just how tough it was family-wise with the ops tempo, with the deployments, that we were going to go Air National Guard. So I talked to a recruiter in Savannah at the TACP unit that was in Savannah, conveniently, and uh, crossed over to the Air National Guard. I got out after four years in August of 2019, and joined the guard. So same job, doing it part-time as a TACP officer. So it's a little different in the guard to where you have two missions. You have a federal mission to where it's the same as active duty, but you also have a domestic mission. So you're helping out with anything that your state needs help with, which usually is hurricanes or natural disasters or anything like that. So that was pretty cool just to kind of have an additional mission set added to the job, but be around dudes who still wanted to be TACPs and who still wanted to get after it, even if it was part-time. So I crossed over, which gave us more time as a family, but ultimately now I got to get a civilian job. So I was about a week away from filing for unemployment because nothing worked out job-wise that I had planned to have work out. funny how that usually happens. And I ended up getting a really awesome bro deal from someone in the community who hooked me up with a job with L3 Harris. So if you don't know what L3 Harris is, they they make radios um, and lots of other equipment for the military. Primary experience I had with Harris in, in the TACP community was using their radios. So that's really what got me the job. And Um, I started immediately, went to uh, New York to get trained up a little bit, and I got hired as a, as a Harris rep, as an L3 Harris rep on Hunter Army Airfield, specifically supporting SOCOM units. So, uh, you have the 175 Rangers there on Hunter, you have 160th SOAR, uh, which is aviation, and then you have 
the 17th STS there, which is uh, AFSOC unit of TACPs. I got hired to be a radio SME, if you will, a subject matter expert, and assist those units with uh, some new radios that L3 Harris was putting out. So that's uh, what I got hired for. That's what I'm still doing now. So I'm kind of balancing that in, in the Air National Guard. And I love my job. I get to work with awesome people. I get to work with people who were going overseas and getting after it. So when I'm guard, I'm working with people like that as well, you know. So so I'm consistently around people who who like to work and who are uh, good at their job. So that's been pretty fun. That's been a really good time traveling with those guys to exercises and and supporting them uh, how I can. It's a great job and honestly it makes me a better JTAC and a better TACP officer being tied into those units and getting to kind of touch this next level equipment that I'm training them on and, and bring that back to my guard unit and, and help those guys out with it too. So it's been a good time, really enjoyed it. And, and God has just given me a lot of favor, I think, with these two jobs. And it was really cool showing up to the Air National Guard on, on my first day, actually. This is, it's just cool how God works. So it's my first day at the Air National Guard, and I walk into a room after lunch. No one here really knows who I am. They know who I came from, active duty and everything. But I'm in a room with some dudes, and they're having a conversation about church and about like how churches should function and some other topics. And anyways, it was just it was an opportunity on day one to proclaim I'm a believer and my two cents on the matter that they're talking about. And so that was just like, God's so cool just to give me that opportunity coming off of uh, the way I was feeling, leaving active duty, leaving Fort Stewart, and then to just give me that opportunity out of the gate to proclaim I'm a believer and to uh, make that connection with some dudes in the unit. So God's awesome is the moral of that story. And, and we don't deserve his grace and uh, he loves us. So I'm going to, I'm going to go into a verse real quick as a, as an opportunity to encourage you guys. I'm going to try to do one verse per podcast, um, because ultimately, like I was saying earlier, it's not self-motivation. That's going to give you the strength and the, and the ability to do these things that you want to do. It's, it's growth, um, growth in your walk with the Lord. And the only thing that can do that is prayer and time in the word. So uh, the verse that I want to share with you guys for this podcast was Joshua 1.9. And it says, Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be frightened and do not be dismayed. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. That is everything, guys. Like if you're, if you are a believer in Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit is in your heart. He is with you wherever you go. You have nothing to be afraid of. At Fort Stewart, me not sharing the gospel and not being bold in my faith at the end of the day was fear. Like, honestly, like, I'll be a man and admit it. Like, it was fear. I didn't know what people would say to me. I didn't know how they would view me. I'm just a new guy who doesn't know that much about the job. And I know no one's going to listen to me about being a Christian, so I'm just going to keep my mouth shut. Like, that was all fear and bogus. 
we are called as believers to fear God, not man. And it's tough, guys. Like, that's easier said than done. And when you're around some pipe hitters who, who you look up to and who get after it in the sense of being in the military, it's tough. It's intimidating. But it doesn't matter. God has put us here to honor and glorify him, and that is why we exist. We don't exist to go get a cool job. We don't exist because uh, we need to make the most of, of our short life that we have here and do all the cool stuff we can. Like we exist in this short period to point people to Jesus. Like that's it. And, and that's why I wanted to join the military, and that's obviously what I failed at. And, and that's what uh, God's working on my heart with and thankfully bringing me back to that. So fear, we don't need to fear man. Like Joshua 1.9 is huge. I hope it can be an encouragement to you as you go through your week. And I hope you guys can be bold and, and just know that our life is just a small slice of eternity. And it is, it is so minuscule compared to uh, how amazing and awesome glory and heaven is going to be. And I just hope that encourages you guys to go be bold and to just share your faith. This is somewhat wrapping up the first episode. So I, I really appreciate you guys hanging on with me, kind of hearing my background, hearing uh, what God's brought me through. Uh, just so you kind of know as we go forward, I kind of covered a lot of my life just now. But man, there's so much content. There are so many things I left out in this first episode of things that I know are good topics to cover about being a Christian in the military and about certain things I faced and conversations I had and, and things that were just, dude, no one told me I was going to be asked these questions. No one told me I was going to face these types of things. And so I, I know there's a lot of people listening that don't know these things or have experienced these things. Anyways... I hope to cover lots of those things in future episodes if you guys want to keep on listening. Probably try to put out an episode uh, once a week. Try to tune in once a week and uh, keep being bold in your faith. And I'm praying for you guys, honestly. I'm praying for you guys. Be encouraged. Go through your week. Be bold. Be courageous. And keep getting after it. Love you guys.